Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I do not understand this football name in America. How how many of kicks is there in the football game? Six kicks? I'm going to say it once and hopefully I'm wrong, but it's a disaster waiting to happen. I love all of those things with the piggy skin and the men running around. So much screams and then a toss and then everyone is in a large, large hill. A star is born in the NFL. I like the moxie, but I, more importantly, I like the poise and the noise. Oh, what are you doing? You gotta be paping me! It's Jonathan Elway. He was so sassy and cool. And hey, guys, I'm a cowboy. Bang, bang, sling, sling, toss, toss. I'm going to lose all the time. And then I win. And then he leaves as he wins. You cannot beat this. From Munich, Germany, the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast with Kevin Gillikin. Yes, I'm Kevin Gillikin, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, lifelong Broncos fan. I recently moved to Munich, Germany. But as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And so I still love them and love talking about them, even though it's from across the pond. What's up, Broncos fans? What a week it is. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a Broncos fan. Ah, it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. It's it's finally something to to grab onto and hope for. And it is the thing to grab onto and hope for. It is the thing that, that you have to need to be a team in it for the next 10 or 20 years. And that is the potential of a franchise quarterback. Now, as I was saying on Twitter during the game, over and over, like, nope, don't overreact, don't overreact, don't overreact. It's really hard 
not to overreact when you look at this guy's stat line. He he was putting up really the best numbers ever in his situation for for a rookie in his first road start. It was the best game of all time. This deserves our hype, okay? He uh, threw over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, over 80% completion. That's that's incredible. I mean I mean that's something that that I mean Drew Brees would feel happy about. The game was spotless. It was it was nearly perfect. The, the, the one interception, of course, was bad. It was a bad throw. That was kind of Favre-esque, you know, trying to squeeze the ball in where he really shouldn't have. But besides that, it was such a nice game. He made a couple really nice throws, and really, the rest was on Scangarello, who had a truly genius game as a play caller. Really, I mean, I, I truly think it is one of the greatest games I've ever seen called. Maybe I'm overreacting. But I've seen guys like Joe Rolls and others on Twitter as well agreeing that this was a phenomenal game by Scangarello, who's, who is coming into his own now that he has a quarterback who works in his scheme. Locke is proving, at least through two games, that he can run a play action very smoothly. He, he has a really nice play action fake. Like, like when he fakes the ball at you know to, to hand it off to the to the running back and then you know pulls it in and then obviously passes it. It's really smooth. It's it's nicer than other quarterbacks that I've seen. And he is really good at faking and, and acting out his part. Now, you saw that also on that really brilliantly designed play that went to Fant in that, um, that I, I don't know, I don't know what the play is called, but Fant chipped um, the edge rusher and then, you know, ran that short little route over the middle and ended up gaining over 30 yards. And at first, it was kind of this fake, you know, screen to the right or quick screen to the receiver or running back. I forget who it was. And and Locke just has a really nice way of faking it. He's, he, he's showing to be a really good actor in this play action type play. And that plus his mobility. And the guy just understands the pocket. I mean, this it's, it's an amazing thing. I think that's the best thing I've seen from him in two weeks is that he truly looks like he has a better idea of pocket pressure and where to be, where to go, than Joe Flacco or or than than you know anyone else the Broncos have had in the last several years. And that's something that should absolutely get us fired up. Now, there are things that we should be worried about with Drew Locke. Of course, I think he has his footwork is definitely not always great. Um his arm talent, you know, oftentimes gets him out of that. But I think he's going to need to work on that a bit. But but you know who else has bad footwork at times? Really bad footwork at times is Pat Mahomes. I mean, you're going to see it this week, and you see it all the time, that this guy is throwing off his back foot. He's throwing left-handed. He's throwing sidearm, and, you know, and it works. But I think you're seeing him come down to earth a little bit this year rather than last year. He's still good, obviously, but he makes a lot of really risky throws and he throws a lot across his body, a lot across the, you know, to the other side of the field. And I think you're going to see a lot of that stuff also from Drew Locke. But still, I think when you see the passes he's making with a touch he's had and, and combine that with, with Scangarello, who, who appears to be able to put together a really good scheme. Oh boy. It's just pure hope right now. I mean, it's all good. I mean, when you look at, at what this kid could be, it, it's, it it's almost brings tears to your eyes. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like they could have another John Elway. Could. I'm not saying they do. We, we still have a lot of time to see. Next year, we're going to need the entire 2020 to find out if Drew Locke is it. But you know what? The nice thing is there's no question about quarterbacks next year. You know who's quarterback in 2020, period. Unless he gets hurt, of course. 
Drew Locke is your 2020 quarterback, and I think almost without question, he'll be 2020, 2021, and he has those two years to prove what he can do. That's good for a franchise. Just that fact. Even if he turns out to not be great, even if he's okay, it's good for a franchise. You know why? Because they can spend those draft picks on other players. They can go up in that first round, you know, you know, top 15 picks and get an offensive lineman, get at one of these beast wide receivers that's coming out, you know, get a cornerback, whatever it is they need and whoever falls to their position. That's a huge boon. And it's huge that you're going to, you're going to have a quarterback who could be great. If he plays even three quarters of how he played this last week, then that's a really good deal considering his salary. We've said it over and over and over on this show. The way you win in the NFL is either you have a Hall of Fame quarterback or you have a cheap young quarterback and you can build a team around him. Now, obviously, the best of both worlds is when you have both, which Kansas City has. But for some reason, it doesn't look like they've been able to put together a defense that they can work well enough to to let him win. I hope that's the case because they are in the situation where Kansas City needs to win right now. Now, they can probably continue because they have a really good coach and a likely Hall of Fame type quarterback. It's a long way out, of course, but he's a very, very, very good quarterback. Now, Drew Locke, is good. the Broncos are going to be in that same situation. They have a few years of really cheap quarterback play. And if Drew Locke can prove that he can, he can, you know, get past the first hurdles that are going to hit him, you know, his sophomore slump that's absolutely going to come, it hits everybody, even Pat Mahomes. If he can get past that and can even be a good quarterback for the first few years, this team is really close because, again, you just need a few pieces. The Broncos, and Skipper Dude is going to talk about this later, and he's going to talk about all of the guys who who are building blocks for this team. And I don't agree with all of them, and I'll, 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 I'll talk a little bit more about that after his segment. So I'll talk about that a little bit in the third segment. Um, but there are some really good building blocks. There are about 20 guys, 18 to 20, I would say, who are guys that are going to be on this team, almost for sure. I mean, Justin Simmons is one that, you know, we're not positive about it, and a couple other guys like that. But there are a bunch of guys who are sure are going to be on this team and are really good pieces. And if you have those, you combine those with a young quarterback like Drew Locke, and it's just awesome. I mean, and, and if if our coaching staff can figure out how to harness that talent like they did against Houston for most of the game, if the defense can ball out, my goodness, my goodness, this this team, ah, oh, it's good. It, it, it's it's so exciting. I, 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 it's almost gives makes me have a loss for words. It, this, it's an entirely different story. I mean, when Joe Flacco was starting this season, everything I talked about was glum and bad. I mean, I tried to spin a few things to be good. You know, by the beginning of the year, you know, be, before the season started, everyone knows I hated Joe Flacco. He was the worst possible solution for me. Now. As the season started, my hope sprung eternal, like everyone else's. I thought, okay, you know, maybe that's not so bad. Maybe it's not so bad. He's a Super Bowl MVP. And you know what? Eventually, my first instinct was right. And it was glum. Everything was bad. They lost. They were losing completely. Vic Fangio was another Vance Joseph. Scangarello was 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 not getting the job done. The offensive line wasn't blocking. Garrett Bowles is a total joke. And I wrote a lot about this in, in my articles, and I talked a lot about it in my podcast. And you know what's happening now is a lot of these guys are showing that with a good quarterback, it all goes away. It all goes away. Scangarello showed, wow, he can scheme as well as anyone I've seen. Vic Fangio doesn't look like such a grumpy old man when they're winning. You know, he actually does say a couple kind of nice things after a few wins in a row. 
Garrett Bowles has been good the last two weeks. Not not great, and he's still made a couple of mistakes, but he's been pretty good, you know, and and I'm not saying I want him on the team next year, but I've given him more crap than anyone else. And you know what? When he plays well, he deserves to get credit. And he has played well. And total props to him. Total props to Garrett Bowles. And it helps Garrett Bowles to have a guy who can move around and understand the pocket. And it's the same for the entire offensive line. They've looked really good the last two weeks because Drew Locke has looked good. And Joe Rolls, again, one of the Mile High Report guys, I'm sure everyone who follows me follows Joe Rolls. And he's been really good at pointing out that a lot of the offensive line problems for every team starts with the quarterback. Look at look at um, Watson, too, um, from, from Deshaun Watson. He, he, I think, has been the most sacked quarterback in the last three years, or two years at least, since he came into the league. And part of that's because he hasn't had a good offensive line, and part of it is because he holds the ball too long. He just holds the ball too long. I, I, he's too. He 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 stands in the pocket or he moves around in the pocket for for like ten seconds, and eventually, yeah, you're gonna get up, give up sacks. Now, obviously, Watson's different and special because he gives up sacks, but then you know, eighty percent of the time he makes great plays, or fifty percent of the time, whatever. Now, the difference, obviously, between him and like Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco didn't make any good plays and just stood in the pocket and got hammered, and eventually got scared, like Case Keenum, like Trevor Simeon. I mean, th- th- this is what happens: is that. When this is a problem for a quarterback, when they can't understand the pocket and don't start, when they don't feel that anymore, they get scared because they know they're going to get hammered because the offensive line isn't that great. And you know what? That was exactly what we talked about at the beginning of the year, that, that Joe Flacco and Garrett Bowles in the offensive line were the perfect combination of awfulness. I mean, they, they were just bad because you had a, a statue of a quarterback in a not very good pass blocking offensive line. And for some reason, the last two games, it's been a not very good run, rush blocking offensive line, which I don't completely understand. They've kind of gotten away from the run, which they were pretty decent at the beginning of the year. And now that all of a sudden they can block for the quarterback and can't block for the run, which I don't really get, which we'll talk about a little bit more what we expect in this Kansas City game um, in the third segment. But up next, we're going to hand it over to the skipper dude, who's got a really nice segment, a couple of nice parts. Um, and again, I really like how he goes over the building blocks for the future of the Denver Broncos. And guys, the future is really bright. Skipper Dude, after this quick break. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey now, you're an 
Thanks as always, Kevin. So for the first time since 2015, it would appear that we have an all-star at quarterback. Or as Von Miller said it so eloquently this week, an effing rock star. So I'm going to do my best not to add to the Drew Locke hysteria this week and help create Drew Locke fatigue. But I do want to make note of the fact that there was a certain local media voice that had this to say last week about Drew Locke. I'm here to tell you that I believe Drew Locke is the real deal. We won't know for a couple years whether he'll actually hit his ceiling or his floor. But guys, I honestly believe that Drew Locke's ceiling is, are you ready for this? John Elway. Okay, once more, just for good measure. Drew Locke is the real deal. Wow, so that game in Houston was something special. And it wasn't just Drew Locke so much it was as it was the entire offense. And really, I honestly thought it was Rich Gangarello who really had the monster game against the Texans. Now, my one quick comment on Drew Locke specifically has to do with his passion. Last week, I said I thought it, he was arrogant in a good way without being cocky. Against the Texans, I definitely thought I saw some cockiness. A quick word to the wise for Drew Locke. You're going to be playing against the Kansas City Chiefs twice a year for many, many years, or at least we hope. Don't go out and make yourself a target by being cocky or unprofessional and getting in the faces of the coaches, players, and fans in Kansas City. As a Broncos fan, I hate Patrick Mahomes for the simple fact that he plays for the enemy and he makes them look really, really good. But Patrick Mahomes has, at least to me, come off as a pro's pro, and he has not made enemies here in Denver or anywhere else, for that matter, with his cockiness. Cockiness leads to short careers. And if you get carried away with yourself this weekend in Kansas City, start taunting their coaches and players or fans and make enemies, you're going to regret it down the road. Okay, now on to business. So in business, we have a term that we call cadence. Granted, that's a fairly common word in, in the real world, but in business, it basically means that if you have a project or a new product line or new business, there is an optimal pay, pace, an amount of time it should take to finish according to cadence. And if you take a nine-month project, for example, and try to finish it in three, you're going to have all kinds of problems and unintended consequences with your moving parts. And the basic same thing, if you try to take 18 months to do a nine-month project, you'll have an entirely different set of problems, but you'll have problems. In the NFL, the cadence of an offense is an art form. For a quarterback, it's really a step up from simple rhythm, where he's, he's in perfect sync with his receivers and basically in zone throwing the ball. No, when an offense is working in perfect cadence, it's like watching a symphony orchestra with the quarterback as the conductor. Every formation, every pre-stamp movement, every route tree just works to perfection. Like you're playing 13 on 11 against the defense on a 75-yard wide field. You dump the ball to your tight end in the flats and there's nobody within him for 10 yards. The great Patriots teams during Tom Brady's prime are probably the best example I've ever seen of cadence or maybe some of Bill Walsh's 49er offenses. 
The 2013 Peyton Manning offense had a certain amount of cadence, but that offense wasn't so much a complete holistic work of art, so much as it was just the artistry of one man, Peyton Manning. That offense was great because no matter what defenses threw at Peyton Manning, he knew how to beat them despite a complete lack of mobility and a noodle of an arm. But for two and a half quarters against the Texans last weekend, this Denver Bronco offense got into a zone of perfect cadence. And honestly, it's a little hard to know right now whether that was some Drew Locke, Rich Gangarello magic that's going to become the norm for many years to come, or whether they just caught a rather porous Texans defense on a bad day. But watching that run up to 38 points by the middle of the third quarter was truly some of the most artistic, harmonious, perfect NFL offensive cadence I've ever witnessed. Today, though, I wanted to talk about a couple of subjects, um, uh, other subjects, one good and one not so good. On the good side, what I think has me the most excited about this Denver Broncos organization right now is that I'm looking forward to the 2020 kickoff, and I'm already seeing 20 starting quality building blocks on this team. Nine on offense and 11 on defense. Now let's walk through them real quickly. The nine on offense I think are fairly obvious. Locke, Reisner, McGovern, assuming that McGovern resigns in Denver, which I expect he will, and Juwan James make four. We'll talk about Garrett Bowles in the weeks to come. Watching him with Drew Locke at quarterback has been a different experience than either with Joe Flacco or Brandon Allen. And I'm not 100% sure that he's not back next year. I know that's going to be upsetting for some fans. But for now, we're not going to call him a building block. So four, uh, Locke, Reisner, McGovern, and Juwan James. Fant, 5, Sutton and Patrick, 6 and 7, Lindsey and Freeman, 8 and 9. And really, I think the only guy of the 9 who's a little iffy is Tim Patrick. But spoiler alert, I think he'll make an outstanding wide receiver 3 headed into next year. Now, on defense, I think you're going to see Dremont Jones and Justin Hollins ready to start to shine as second-year guys. So on the defensive line, I think you'll have Jones plus two of the three of Derek Wolf, Mike Purcell, and Shelby Harris. That's three. And then Vaughn. Chubb and Hollins make six, although getting those those three on the field at the same time is going to take some creativity, probably by way of Hollins getting some looks at inside linebacker. And, and also, I wouldn't include Malik Reed or Ottawachu as building block type guys yet, but I'm expecting them both back and both to be potential impact type players. So Alexander Johnson is seven. Then Justin Simmons, give him anything he wants for a contract. I don't think he's going to be that greedy is eight, Simmons and Kareem Jackson make make nine, then Bryce Callahan and Devontae Bosby make 11. Guys, I don't know about you, but the 2020 Denver Broncos around these 20 building blocks, plus 11 draft picks, including five of the first 100 picks, plus something like $85 million in salary cap space once they cut Flacco and Ron Leary, and before they sign Justin Simmons, this is a team that is poised to do some major, major damage next year. Major. Okay, 
So on to the tougher part of the discussion, and that has to do with Vic Fangio. Now, I was a charter member of the Vic Fangio fan club, and I'm still very much all in, the, in on the guy, but he's had his issues. And I think Kevin was on this last week when he said that he thinks the Broncos' second half woes on offense are actually Fangio's fault. I tend to believe that Kevin's spot on on that. My hunch and it's just a hunch, is that the Broncos are getting out to some very nice first halves pretty much all season, in fact. And and what's happening is that they're getting into the locker room at halftime, and Fangio is going to Scangarello and basically telling him to let the defense finish things out. Or in other words, just don't make mistakes, burn some clock, and protect the lead. And of course, the results have been a disaster. So I'm going to do my best John Elway impression here. Unfortunately, I don't do voice impersonations, but let's roll forward to late January or early February of 2020. The 2019 season is over. Everybody's had a chance to step away, watch the playoffs and take some time off. And it's time to gear up for the 2020 season. If I'm John Elway, I'm calling two meetings before much of anything else happens. The first is a one-on-one with Vic Fangio, and it goes something like this. All right, have a seat, Vic. I want to say, first of all, that I think we made a fantastic decision in hiring you last year. You've really helped to turn this organization around, and I think we have some great years ahead of us. Vic, there are two things that are going to get you fired. One is to lose the locker room. Okay, no surprise there. That's true of every coach in every sport ever. But the other is to piddle away second half leads by going into a shell on offense, all right? So I'm gonna make you a deal here. Starting next season, if we blow second half leads because we're too aggressive and we turn the ball over and otherwise get stupid, then I'm willing to personally take to the Denver airwaves, catch your back, and let the fan base know that the decision to stay aggressive in second halves was an organizational decision that came from me, if you want me to do that. Now, if we blow second half leads because we've taken the ball out of Drew's hands and gotten timid on offense and given away our momentum from the first half, then you're on your own. Are we on the same page here, Vic? All right, so so again, as John Elway, now what I do is I call the entire staff together. This means Brittany Bolin, Joe Ellis, Fangio, Scangarello, Donatel, the line coaches, the advanced scouts, you name it. And my speech to them is somewhat similar, goes something like this. Guys, I want you to know that I'm proud of you all And I know that I'm expecting some huge things from the 2020 season. And I think we have the pieces in place to get there. But as you put together your points of emphasis for this offseason and in the training camp this year, I need to add one that comes from me personally. This Kenny G, smooth jazz, timid, second half offense garbage that we put out during 2019 has got to stop. All right. From this point forward, the Denver Broncos second half offense is going to be back in black. We're going to put the pedal to the metal in the second halves of our football games. And we are not going to let up until we're four scores ahead in the fourth quarter or the other team has benched its quarterback. Do I make myself perfectly clear? Okay, so now back to the skipper, dude. 
One of the more exciting aspects of the 2020 season, I think, is going to be to watch the maturity of Vic Fangio as a head coach. Is he a guy who can learn from his mistakes? Or will he just keep making the same ones over and over again because he's old and crusty and set in his ways? I know that personally... I'm optimistic. I think he's going to get through this. By next year, I think you're going to see the real Vic Fangio defense start to emerge because he's going to have the talent to match his scheme and his philosophy. He's already had about 10 or 11 pieces in place just on defense. I mean, he's got he's got what amounts to a complete defense, although they're still young and they still have some growing to do, and they need they they need some holes filled in. He's going to have a bunch of young guys on defense who are starting into the primes of their career, and only two or three, Von Miller, Kareem Jackson, possibly Derek Wolf, who will be declining physically. And guys, I'm telling you, the Drew Locke hype machine is not going to reach the level of the Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson type hype machines, but my instinct is that it's going to get close starting in 2020. Kevin, back to you on All right. Yeah, I totally agree with the Skipper Dude and his take on Vic Fangio and John Elway and that Fangio needs to stop being such an old man and, and figure out that he's got he's to gotta innovate a little bit and become a little more of this attack-heavy, um, aggressive type of a coach. And I think he will. I, I think he will figure that out. Um, this team has been close a lot at times, and, and their big problem has been starting out fast and ending really, really, really slowly. But I think I think they'll figure it out. I think they're going to get better, and I think that Drew Locke brings that excitement. I think Drew Locke is not going to let them slow down. That's how I, truly I think that's his personality. And even as a rookie, or at least as a second year quarterback, I think he is not going to allow them to put their foot on the brake. That's the kind of guy he is. That's the kind of leader I think he can be. Now, Skipper Dude also hit that right on. I think that Drew Locke is is really on the edge right now. He's on the edge of being that really, really cool guy that everyone roots for and, and wants to to you know play with. You know, he's rah rah, but not too much. And then he's going a little bit towards the Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston side of being just kind of a little bit too much, a little obnoxious, a little... Now, he's young, you know, he's just starting, but he does need to figure that out because just like Skipper Dude says, teams are going to start teeing up on this guy and they're not going to like him and they're not going to like playing for him. You've got to be professional. You know, the enthusiasm, the charisma is fantastic. I freaking love it. Everyone knows that. I didn't like Joe Flacco's face. I love Drew Locke's face. The guy just beams. And you know what I like about him? I'm going to tell you the best thing I saw about Drew Locke this week. <coughs> Drew Locke, I was watching, one, I think his press conference yesterday, or Wednesday, and, and Drew Locke comes out and says something about, um, you know, when, when I was a senior in college, uh, Patrick Mahomes was the MVP, and he like kind of smacks himself in the forehead. And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, that was last year, and kind of a self-degrading smile and laugh and chuckle. That's fantastic. I love to see that this guy can can laugh at himself and say, "Yep, yeah, that was a pretty stupid thing to say." That's a really good sign to me. That 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 shows me that this kid is is a pretty normal kid. Now, I'm sure he's not a normal kid. He's an NFL quarterback. You can't be normal, but you see what I'm saying. He's not just totally full of himself. He he has that ability to laugh at himself. That was a huge sign for me that he is buoyant and he is charismatic and he is boyish. He is kind of childish, but you know what? I love that. 
that that's like a young Brett Favre. And and I've heard a lot of people compare his skills to Brett Favre and his attitude and his in his you know almost that likability. Now I think Brett Favre was the extreme. I mean, he was such a child. If you, if you ever listened to him mic'd up, the guy was like a ten year old playing football, which I like. I mean, honestly, Brett Favre is one of my all time favorite quarterbacks. All time. I mean, I'll pick him above just about anybody else. I love the baller he was, how tough he was, how much his teammates loved Brett Favre. His teammates loved him. They would run through a wall for him. If you watch any you know, um, history of Brett Favre or biography of Brett Favre, his teammates loved him. He had his issues, of course. But those guys, yeah, they would die for that, for, for Brett Favre. And I think Drew Locke has that possibility. Now, he's a long way off. I think he's still kind of that kid that, that needs to figure a few things out. But if he gets the proper mentorship, he could be there. And you know who's mentoring him right now? Do you know who he texts after every game? Who he talks to? Peyton Manning. Archie Manning. I'm sure others. But these are two guys who he appears to have friendships with. How important is Peyton Manning to this franchise still? The guy goes to like every game. I think he still lives in Denver. So even if he doesn't have an actual job, an actual position with his team, he absolutely will have an impact. He's going to be like the DeMarcus Ware for Von Miller. He's a guy who, as long as he is in Denver, he can be that mentor that Drew Locke needs. And you know what? That It couldn't be better. Just imagine Brett Favre with, with a mentor like Peyton Manning. Would Brett Favre have been even better? Probably. Told him to chill a little bit, you know, calm it down. Think a little bit instead of just act, you know? And, and and Brett Favre, again, was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But he also made more mistakes than just about anyone of all time. And I think that's Drew Locke. And I will take that every day of the week. And I think you see similarities between Drew Locke and Pat Mahomes on the field. Obviously, different styles a bit, but they're both pretty mobile. They both have rocket arms. They both throw it with different um, arm slots. I think they both don't have great footwork, at times at least. You know, I'm no quarterback coach or guru, so someone could tell me if I'm wrong, but I see similarities there. Now there, there's, you know, things that I think they're very different personalities. I think Mahomes is is more of your, he's not a quiet guy, but I don't think he's a cocky guy. I, I think he's a good leader. Skipper Dude mentioned that too. I think he's a good leader. I think he's a guy who I would love to have on my team. I would, of course, I would love to have Mahomes on my team. And as a young kid, he's figured it out pretty quick. I think he's going to still hit some road, some some bumps in the road because he is kind of that Brett Favre-esque guy who makes really risky throws, really risky throws. Some of the throws he's made, what was the throw? I don't know, beginning of the season um, where Tyreek Hill went up and made just an unimaginably good catch. That was a terrible throw, terrible. It was into like triple coverage and his wide receiver just bailed him out. And he does that pretty often. He gets pretty fortunate, and, and and I think that eventually that you know comes back and bites you in the butt. But of course, still more more amount of the time it, it pays off because you know you have guys who are chucking the ball down the field. They they're going to put up a ton of points. They're also going to cost you, and also probably in the playoffs and Super Bowl sometimes. That's how it works. But they'll get you there because they have that mojo. They have that trust in themselves, which I love. That's that's again that's John Elway. That's Brett Favre. That's Pat Mahomes, and I do believe that's Drew Locke. Everything I saw him do on Sunday against Houston, I loved. I love his throwing motion. I said that two weeks ago. 
he looks smooth. Now, I don't always love his footwork again, but but he finds a way. I mean, he he looks the part. I think he looks pretty good in the huddle. Not great. He made some mistakes on the road, but he won the game. He, he destroyed the game on the road in a tough environment against a playoff team with a really good quarterback. Now, before we get too carried away, too, let's give full credit to the Broncos' defense. That was a great demonstration of what this defense could be. And you know where it all starts. Where does it all start? It starts with dudes knocking people out. Now, yeah, I'm not saying actually you know, injuring them or anything, of course, but Kareem Jackson, without question, was the MVP of that game alongside Drew Locke. Maybe even above Drew Locke. Because he set the tone immediately with, with, with hit after hit and big play after big play. You could see in his emotions, his, his body language, this game, they had to win this game for him. The Broncos have got to find a way. They need to find a player or different players every game who can bring that. And this game against Kansas City is the same. You know why? This is, for one, of course, their division rival. Maybe their number one rival. Kansas City and the, and, and the Raiders are about equal, I would say. Denver hates Kansas City. Kansas City hates Denver, and I love it. That's one reason. The other reason, the Broncos aren't out of the playoffs, guys. Now, is it likely? No, of course not. But still, they should be saying, hey, look, guys, we've got a chance. We've got a chance. Someone's got to go in there and say, this is a game we have to have. This is a game everything's on the line. Everything. Our careers, our friendships, our team, let's lay it out there. Someone on that team, probably on the defense, needs to go and hit some people hard. And that's what I love about Kareem Jackson. Dude, I love this dude. And I love this dude as soon as they signed him. Before they signed him, I wanted them to get Kareem Jackson because he's a baller, because he's a hitter. And I think he's a leader. And he's a funny guy. Boy, watch those 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 Broncos that the the I forget what it's called, Jackson TV or something, or KJAC TV, that's what it is. They're fantastic. It's hilarious. Dude's got a great sense of humor. One of my favorite Broncos already after one year. He's older. I'm I'm super excited to have him for a few years. Broncos have got to bring that this week against Kansas City. Is Drew Locke going to be as good as as Pat Mahomes? Probably not. If he is, then I think I'm going to go get Drew Lock tattooed on my on my back or something. I don't know. Drew Lock just needs to stay in the game, not make too many mistakes, and gun it. You know, you you can make a few mistakes. I guess see that's that's this is the hard thing with guys like Mahomes and Drew Lock. I shouldn't even say not to make mistakes. That 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 was actually wrong. That was wrong of me to say because. You, I think if you start saying that, if you start going to Drew Locke and saying, yeah, dude, don't make mistakes, I think that's what Fangio says, exactly what Skipper Dude told earlier. Fangio says, okay, go out there and just don't screw things up. That's actually wrong. I, I apologize for saying that. He can make mistakes. To beat Kansas City, they're going to have to outscore Kansas City, which means they're going to have to take shots. And you know what? Almost unquestionably, there'll be a few turnovers. But maybe the defense can do the same. It's going to be, if you're going to beat Kansas City, it's going to have to be a shootout, almost unquestionably. So Drew Locke's going to have to ball. Rick Scangarello is going to have to go out there and, and have a great game plan. And Philip Lindsay, I think, is going to have a great week. I, I had my, my DFS fantasy lineup on milehighreport.com earlier this week. 
and I have Philip Lindsay and Noah Fant. Now, Noah Fant might be injured. There are several guys on the team that are listed as questionable, a lot of guys. So the Broncos are pretty banged up like every team at this time of the year. I think he's going to play. And Noah Fant, I think, is really becoming this mismatch that I thought he would be all all year. Now, he's another guy I should quickly apologize to. Not, that's not even true. I shouldn't apologize to. I loved the pick. I loved the pick. I loved him before the season. But I criticized him early in the year because I thought he looked slow. And I think he did look slow. I think he was, I don't know if he was in the best shape. And I'm not the only one to say that. I got a lot of crap and and I got talked down to a little bit. But I, I really do think he was not NFL ready. But boy, look at him now. Holy cow. This dude could be special. I mean, really a mismatch. As you see, they've been trying to use him for weeks as a mismatch. Now, I don't think in a great way. But you understand what they're trying to do. They see him and Sutton as the playmakers, which is true. Now, that brings us up to, to what the skipper dude talked about. The the game changers, the guys who you can build around. And really, like he said, the offense is really on a good track. I mean, look at guys who can bust open a game and change the game immediately. Obviously, you got Drew Locke. You got Sutton, you got Fant, you got Lindsey. Those are the four guys who I think are special. The other guy who I think could be special is Dalton Reisner. Special. I, I mean, really, really, really good. Then you have some guys who are, who are solid to, to, to good. Jawan James has a lot of talent if he can ever stay healthy. Patrick, I think he is a good wide receiver. Freeman is a solid running back. McGovern also. Could be there. Bowles, if he figures it out, you know, okay, I'll 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 be willing to to apologize to him if he figures it out, or not even apologize to accept him, which maybe he is. Now on defense, I don't agree with all of the players because I don't think the defensive line is coming back. I don't think Shelby Harris is coming back. I think Wolf might come back. I think the Broncos got a little bit lucky with his injury, honestly. Um, I mean, not Wolf. I think it's unfortunate for him because he was having a career year and could have put up more numbers to get a bigger contract. But for the Broncos, it's going to actually help them. He's probably going to be a bit cheaper than he could have been. And he might come back. I think he might come back. I think he really loves Denver. I could see him being a guy who could take a hometown discount as long as it's not too much of a discount. I think he could come back. Purcell, I don't know. I Honestly, I think he's kind of fallen off a bit. I think he's been decent the last few games, but teams have figured out his weaknesses as well. I think the Broncos need to go out and get another beastly uh, nose tackle, which is really important on this defense, a, a run-stuffing stuff, nose tackle, and I think they should spend some money on it. But like, like Skipper Dude said, this team has 85 mil. You know, they're going to have to sign Simmons, which is going to be a chunk, but they're still going to have some money. They got five first... Five picks in the first 100. You can really do some damage there. They got, what, I think three third-round picks. That's nice. That's very nice. And so you start looking at the last two drafts. Elway has apparently figured out the draft, at least more than he had. And so I've given Elway a lot of crap for his three years in a row or four years in a row that were terrible. Let's now give him credit for two very good years. You get Fant... Reisner and Locke in the first two rounds of one draft, um, that's good. Really good. Then you get Freeman, Lindsey, Sutton. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. And I think they can continue on that 
And the best thing about this team, I'm, I'm so excited about this, really, is that you've got continuity now. You have your head coach, you have your offensive coordinator, and you have your quarterback. And with that, with that continuity, you can grow. You can build the team around this continuity. This is how you build a team. This is how you rebuild. You have to build it around an idea, you know, a coaching staff. And of course, around talent. And the talent has to start at the quarterback position. I can't wait for this game. I don't know if they're going to win. Honestly, you know, I I, I called that they're going to get killed by Houston. I'm not going to say they're going to lose anymore. Truly. I mean, I think it's it, it's unfair to them. I think they're proving now that they're not a terrible team. Maybe even they're a fairly good team that had some bad breaks and and also some bad play. So I, I think they're going to be in this game. I think they're going to make it. The line right now, I think, is 10.5 for Kansas City at home. I think the Broncos cover. Do they win? I don't know. I mean, they're going to need a lot to go right to win. A lot. It's in Kansas City, one of the hardest places to play. The weather's probably going to be bad. It's Drew Locke's third start. Andy Reid's a very good quarterback. The defense is banged up. There's a lot of things that are going against the Broncos. But you know what? If they come out and ball, if they come out and punch Kansas City in the face, it could it could happen. It could. I really, I, that's how much has changed. I'm starting to believe in this team, guys. I'm starting to believe in my Denver Broncos, and I freaking love it. Let's go. Let's go! We got 30 minutes! Let's go! Where's the rest of our line? Let's go! 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 Let's go!